Welcome to the Everyday Chant, Srimad Bhagavatam class. Today we are so fortunate to have His Grace Sri Badrayani Das Prabhu. Prabhuji is going to enlighten us on Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5, Chapter 18, Text Number 4. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, kindly take over the call whenever you are ready. Thank you and Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Mataji, thank you very much for allowing me to speak on Srimad Bhagavatam. I'll chant Mangalacharan first and then we'll start discussing. Om Adhyanatimirandasya Jananjana Salakaya Sekshurvan Militam Yena Tasmai Sri Guravenamaha Sri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Swapadantitam Vandeham Shri Durom Shri Yutapadakamalam Shri Guru Vaishnavamsa Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatam Tritam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Pada Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakamitamsha Namavo Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prestaya Bhutale Sri Mate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Nitinamine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Pashatya Devatarine Namo Mahavadanyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namine Gauratishe Namaha Hey Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dina Bandhu Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostite Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Haripriye Vancha Kalpa Tarubhyasya Krupa Sindhubhya Yevacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadara Sri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Sorry, I'm not uh, feeling well as such. I have cold, so you're not able to understand my um, voice modulation. Maybe difficult. Please uh, bear with me. So today we are reading uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto Five, Chapter Eighteen, 
and text number 4. Chapter 18 is uh, named as Prayers of the Residents of the Jambu Deep. So we are on text 4. I'll read the translation and then I think we should read the purport also. Then we will discuss. The translation, O unborn one, learned Vedic scholars who are advanced in spiritual knowledge certainly know that this material world is perishable, as do other logicians and philosophers. In trance, they realize the factual position of this world and they preach the truth as well. Yet, even they are sometimes bewildered by your illusion energy. This is your own wonderful pastime. Therefore, I can understand that your illusory energy is very wonderful and I offer my respectable obeisances unto you. Purport. Not only does the illusory energy of the Supreme Lord of Godhead act on the conditioned soul within this material world, but sometimes it also acts on the most advanced learned scholars who factually know the constitutional position of this material world through realization. As soon as someone thinks, I am this material body, aham mameti, and everything in relationship with this material body is mine. He is in illusion, moha. This illusion caused by the material energy acts especially on the conditioned souls, but it sometimes also acts on the liberated, acts on liberated souls as well. A liberated soul is a person who has sufficient knowledge of this material world and is therefore unattached to the bodily conception of life. But because of association with the modes of material nature for a very long time, even liberated souls sometimes become captivated by the illusory energy due to inattentiveness in the transcendental position. Therefore, Lord Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Mamevaye prapadyante mayam etam tarantate. Only those who surrender unto me can overcome the influence of the material energy. Therefore, no one should think of himself as a liberated person immune to the influence of Maya. Everyone should very cautiously execute devotional service by rigidly following regulative principles. Thus, he will remain fixed at the lotus feet of the Lord. Otherwise, a little inattention will create a work. We have already seen an example of this in the case of Maharaj Bharat. Maharaj Bharat was undoubtedly a great devotee, but because he turned his attention slightly toward a small deer, he had to suffer two more births, one as a deer uh, and another as as the Brahmana Jada Bharat. Afterwards, he was liberated 
and went back home, back to Godhead. The Lord is always prepared to execute his devotees. But if devotee, if a devotee takes advantage of Lord's leniency and purposefully commits mistakes, again and again the Lord will certainly punish him by letting him fall down into the clutches of the illusion energy. In other words, theoretical knowledge acquired by studying the Vedas is insufficient to protect one from the clutches of Maya. One must strongly adhere to the lotus feet of the Lord in devotional service. Then one's position is secure. It's a beautiful purport and the beautiful sloka where these are the prayers of uh, residents of Jambodhipa. Canto 5 of Srimad Bhagavatam is a test for devotees, those who are practicing devotional service. Because Canto 5 speaks about this Jambudvipa, Bharatvarsha and Harivarsha. So many things it speaks. Sometimes it does not fit into the concept which we learn in this material world. This is beyond our understanding or our imagination of this material world. Even within this material world, Srimad Bhagavatam fifth canto talks about this Jambudvipa, uh, which is we never heard of and we never imagined this material world is also comprises of so many things. Where it talks about there is ocean with sweet water, ocean with the liquor, there's so many things it talks about. Apart from that about Jambutip also. So this is a, a test for uh, devotees faith in Srimad Bhagavatam and in the devotional service, especially in the scriptures when it talks about it. So here in this uh, verse, the prayers are that <coughs> the main message which we can get from these prayers is that the Lord's energy is very, very strong. So, there are two types of personalities. Talks about Nitya Baddha and Nitya Mukta. Conditioned soul, eternally conditioned souls and eternally liberated souls. Why we call them as Nitya Baddha is because we don't know when the living entity entered into this material world. It, it talks about we are all spiritual living entities. 
but still even though we are spiritual spiritual beings we entered into the material world not to having association with the lord why because we want to enjoy ourselves as we are the proprietor and we are the enjoyer and we are the controller so when we enter into this material world is unknown it is eternal eternal means there is no beginning and there is no end to it that's why it's called eternal when we talk about there is infinite line means the line neither have a beginning nor have an end it is the length of the line is infinite the same way when we say eternal living being means that living being neither have birth nor have a death so all the living entities the spiritual souls spirit souls they are like that neither there is a beginning nor there is an end but since we are in this material world and we have been put into this body caged into this body we always try to because our conception falls only into this everything starts at one point and ends at one point so we cannot think beyond these two things starting and ending there is a starting point and there is an end point even though we have the concept of infinite even though we have the concept of eternal but it is very very difficult for living entity to imagine beyond these two points starting point and ending point that's where many times the living entities they get bewildered they bewildered that this whole creation is created by god so then god also should have some starting point then what is before the god this is the question comes so there is nothing before the god because god is eternal so are we we are all eternal but this concept it is very very difficult to fit into our mind so the living entities those who are eternally being conditioned they are known as nitya baddha and similarly there are living entities who are eternally liberated and they are known as nitya mukta so there are the two living entities but the energy of the supreme lord is more powerful than the living entity um but actually speaking as per the vedic philosophy 
the living entity is actually is being a part and parcel of supreme lord is more powerful than prakriti than this modes of material nature they are strong because they are also part and parcel of supreme lord all the living entities as we all know the lord is having three energies one is external energy and one is internal energy and third one is known as a marginal energy so we are all marginal we are all known as tatastha in sanskrit it's called as antarangi and bahiranga and tatastha why we call tatastha is that uh, the meaning tata tata means the bank as a living entity this bank when we talk about the bank is the place where there is no water there is a water and there is a land where the both of them come together at one place that is known as tata so when we are at tata the two things can happen either we will be on the land or we will be in the water so the tatastha is the similar concept so the living entities are the energy of the supreme lord that energy is nothing but tatastha energy that tata can be the living entity can be either external or it will be under the influence of external energy or it will be under the influence of internal energy it cannot be in the middle either on this side or that side so when it comes under the influence of external energy that's known as nitya baddha when it comes under the influence of internal energy that's known as nitya mukta so these are the two kinds of energies where the living entity goes through so here the prayer is that the this energies are so strong especially the external energy even somebody is a nitya baddha nitya mukta who are liberated sometimes even they also come under the influence of modes of material nature so that is so strong so the in fact it says that the energy of the supreme lord that's what we call it as maya is maya is not anywhere outside maya is there within our mind like once janak maharaj when he meets astavakramuni comes to his kingdom comes to his palace so he invites astavakramuni and then offer him a seat and wash his lotus feet and sprinkle water on the forehead and the head and after giving a proper befitting respects and worship 
of uh, Ashtavaka Muni, Janak Maharaj asked this question. Why Maya is so strong? Why can't we come out of the clutches of Maya? So Ashtavaka Muni did not reply to that question immediately. He gets up and he starts walking out of the palace. And as he is walking out of the palace, Janak Maharaj is walking behind him. And then when king is normally with his associates, when he is walking, then everybody started walking behind him. So Ashtavaka Muni ran outside the palace and there is a tree outside the palace. He, went, he goes and then he tightly hugs the tree and then he keeps yelling and shouting, leave me, leave me, leave me. So Janak Maharaj is surprised and then he asks Ashtavaka Muni, what are you doing, my dear Muni? You are yourself, you are the one who is holding this tree and you yelling that, leave me, leave me. Ashtavaka Muni says, this is the condition of a living entity. We ourselves are catching this Maya and thinking and saying that Maya is the forcing us and Maya is the one who is doing it. Because this is in our mind and that is the one which is holding us. So the Maya is so strong or the mind is so weak Somehow or other, it finds the ways to uh, come under the influence of modes of material nature. In a way, if you go to see, modes of material nature are very strong as such. There is no doubt about it. All of us are controlled by the swabhav of us. Everybody is having a certain type of swabhav and you have been controlled by this swabhav. Sometimes we get anger and we don't know which is the, what is that point that triggers the anger. All of a sudden, we get anger. As I said, these modes are so strong, like I heard once, I'm always talking about like as you are walking by, or when you come to temple, as you enter into the temple, you get such a wonderful smell. They are cooking in the kitchen. And that smell, the preparation of that smell, is which is very, very dear to you. So the, the moment you enter into, step into the temple and the moment this smell enters into your nostrils, you have been, your thought process and your mind is being dragged away by this smell. Without knowing yourself, you turn towards that kitchen. Your head turns towards that kitchen. And your thought starts following onto that. Wow, today they are preparing so and so. So it is so strong, this modes.
So they control us. Even without we knowing that we have been controlled. And that's where in uh, Bhagavad Gita you will find in one of the paintings where these three modes, this shows a symbolical representation of three ladies. They are with the strings controlling these dolls or the men. They are controlling their hands and legs. They are pulling these hands and legs. So these are the three modes which controls so then, <clears throat> how can we be not controlled by these things? As Prabhupada talks about in the purport, one should be very, very strict in practicing a devotional service. Little bit of inattentiveness that will leads to cuts and wounds very badly. So one should rigidly follow these four regulative principles and one should rigidly follow the principles of a devotional service. Yama and Niyama one should follow. When we be a little bit lenient in this, it may appear that this is only small thing we are doing. But then, by the time we realize that where we are, we are already in a deep, deep trouble or in practicing a devotional service. Because we have been slowly, slowly captured by this most of material nature and we have been drifting away from devotional service. It may appear for us that it is nothing. We are doing just this one small thing. But then that indicates our uh, what we call that. Our in a way if you the lenience of not strongly practicing the devotional service. It shows our inattentiveness in practicing devotional service. As as a devotee, one should be very, very fearful and careful of the situation that <clears throat> each and every step of ours should be taking us towards the goal of practicing a devotional service with the more uh, seriously and with sincerity. When we don't do these things, with a little bit of lenience when we do it, and that will kind of it is called as a fan effect, you see. The fan, when it starts rotating, especially the ceiling fan, the area of uh, the area of the air 
is being agitated in that under the fan at the top it is less area and as it comes down it expands it is like a cone it expands more and more and more in the same way when we perform this activities which are not prescribed are because of our lenience and when we are not following it rigidly initially it appears to be small but then as we see this cone effect or fan effect that expands more and more bigger and bigger and bigger then by the time we realize we will be in a deep trouble efforts um, that, that that's the reason what the body should always be scared of falling down from devotional service one should practice very seriously and strictly and the following the uh, yamas and niyamas rules and regulations of devotional service so the proposal talks about the one of the example which is the bharat maharaj which all of us know even though he is very very advanced stage but still because of little bit inattentiveness because of shifting his concentration from devotional service to the deer and that's where he got into trouble by the time he realized it is over and then he has to take two more baths again to set the things right same thing is even we can say with ajamin that's a proper wrote a book known as second chance so one should not get second chance one should go with the first chance only back to golokavindava so proper talks about second chance even though he is a brahmana boy and he is assisting his father in doing everything but because of a little bit an inattentiveness because his mind is moved onto thinking about this prostitute and thinking of enjoying with this prostitute and that's where he started falling down by the time he realized it is on that bed it is too late for him but lord is so merciful just because of one word narayan he is saved so this kind of situations appears for the most of us all of us not such a cross level but still that's why we should be very very okay so the same thing which you can see with arjuna also even though he is the associate of krishna but the illusory energy is so strong arjuna comes under this illusion that i am this body whichever is connected to this body is mine even though arjuna is the associate of krishna 
Arjuna started thinking thus that the Pandavas or he is fighting this war for his sense gratification. If he wins, then he is going to get the kingdom and he will be enjoying the kingdom. If he loses, then he is going to die in this war. So with this concept, he is about to fight. And that's where he come under the illusion. Because he comes under the bodily conception of life. And that's what the here is talking about. Sometimes even the most advanced devotees, Nikya, Mukta, and they are also come under the influence of this illusory energy. Even though Krishna is there next to him, still he comes under the illusion. Because the mind is so powerful. So for Grahastas, it may be the situations, the family life is Andhakara Kopa. This is like a deep dark well for Grahastas. They are always in Maya. Grahastas. But for Brahmacharis, their mind itself is in Maya. The mind is so strong. They have nothing. They have no relations to trouble them. They are not like Grahastas in many, many situations. Going to the job, taking care of family, taking care of wife, or taking care of husband, taking care of the children, and performing a devotional service. These things are not there for brahmacharis. Brahmachari is alone and is performing a devotional service. But for brahmacharis, the illusory energy is in uh, this Annakar Kopa is a mind itself, their mind. And if Brahmachari cannot control that mind, if Brahmachari cannot uh, take care of this mind, the Brahmachari will be in great trouble as such. Uh, I mean, it's a general way of talking about. So, the material energy is so strong, even person like Arjuna, who is associate of Krishna, and who is uh, the pure devotee of Krishna, can come under the illusion that I am this body, and whichever is connected to me is my, this body. So essentially, the teachings of Bhagavad Gita is to shake Arjuna from this concept and Arjuna at the end of Bhagavad Gita could understand this war is not fighting for my sake or for our sake. This war is actually fighting for the sake of Krishna. Krishna wanted this war and that's what this war is happening and I need to be an instrument in fighting this war, in assisting Krishna carrying out his mission.
when Arjuna could understand that, then Arjuna could tell Krishna that Tava Vachanam Karishya means I do what you want me to do. So for a devotee, one should be in this concept all the time that whatever we are doing it, we are doing it for pleasure of Krishna, not for our sense gratification. So when we are under this catching hold of lotus feet of Lord and surrendered at his lotus feet and performing activities for the pleasure of Lord, then coming under the illusion of Maya, it will be uh, not possible as such. So that's what Srila Prabhupada talks about at the end of the purport. The Prabhupada says, in other words, theoretical knowledge acquired by studying the Vedas is insufficient to protect one from the clutches of Maya. One must strongly adhere to the lotus feet of the Lord in devotional service. Then one's position is secure. So that way we will be saved from this onslaught of illusory energy of the Supreme Lord. Okay, I'll stop here and then see if there are any questions or comments. Hare Krishna Prabhu Ji Dhanutpana, Jai Sri Prabhupada. Hare Krishna Prabhu Dhanutpana, Jai Sri Prabhupada. You addressed very nicely how devotee has to be attentive in the service. Even little bit negligence can, you know, cause can be a cause of the fall down. That's wonderful, Prabhu. I like to we explain the points. Thank you so much, Prabhuji. Thank you, Prabhu. Thank you for the encouragement. It is not that we don't know. All of us know about these things. I am just trying to reiterate it. Yes, Prabhu. Yeah, I mean, we so many things we know, but, you know, they go back of mind and they kind of, you know, off the radar and they don't get, you know, kind of addressed or follow up. This kind of refreshment and regular hearing katha on this helps a lot, Prabhuji. Yes, yes, Prabhu. Thank you. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Dandot Pranam Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Prabhuji. Thank you, Prabhuji, for giving such a beautiful devotional class. If anyone has any other question or comment, please continue. Thank you, Prabhuji, for a wonderful Nitagin class. It was really nice, as uh, Nitagopal Prabhu said. Uh, nice to see here, Prabhuji. And take care of your health. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Prabhuji. Hare Krishna.